Let's go. Building up to the new season. The clock is ticking until the new season begins. This is the Go Radio Football Show. So what did you think of that one-all draw at Celtic Park last night? Encouraged after a more than shaky build-up to the match against Mitchelland uh, that the performance was good or disappointed uh, that they didn't get a win to take to Denmark next Wednesday or maybe angry that Neil Beaton got himself sent off and Celtic played more than half the match with 10 men. Davy Proven, into which category do you come? I thought the performance deserved a better result, Rob. I was pleasantly surprised at how fluid Celtic were, given the lack of time that Postacoglu's had with the players. And I saw nothing um, to suggest that Celtic can't go and, and get a result in the, the second leg. So 1-1 last night. Uh, no away goals, of course, uh, these days. So that doesn't uh, come into it. Um, and if Celtic do uh, mirror that performance, as Davy says next week, then maybe they can't take a step further. And it would be PSV or Galatasaray in the next round, so it doesn't get any easier. Uh, but I think uh, maybe uh, an element of surprise, pleasant surprise for the Celtic fans and how that all panned out last night. Uh, we spoke to Stefan on the show last night. You might have been listening with us. And uh, he, well, he was the level beyond buzzing, whatever that is, heading to the game. He was so excited. It was his first time back at Celtic Park for 500 days. He really did uh, give us a sense of that excitement of being back up close and personal again. And we'll have Stefan back with us tonight to tell us how the experience was, how the game was watching at close hand as Celtic drew with uh, Michelin. There is football on tonight, of course, uh, uh, in the League Cup. Hearts and Dundee United are already through to the last 16. Uh, St Mirren uh, just a point away Cove Rangers against Inverness Cali Thistle was one of the surprises of last night the Aberdeen team uh, from League One beating Inverness from the Championship by three goals to one tonight Brora against Ross County and it will just be a relief Davey for Ross County to get themselves back in action they've uh, missed two yeah. games uh, as Covid has, has run through the club um, they're not going to make it through to the to the last 16. That's now beyond them. But it's become just a getting started. Uh, this is their pre-season. Uh, probably uh, Malky Mackay had enough on his plate yeah. ahead of this. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? They're at Brora tonight. I think it's difficult, you know, to for the competition to sustain any real credibility when so many teams are unable to fulfil uh, fixtures. I, th I think it makes sense. We've, we've just heard that there'll be no Scottish Cup replays this season. Uh, I would scrap replays altogether, to be honest with you, but it's just the, the credibility of the tournament uh, is up for grabs here as well because we're told that the COVID numbers are going to increase in the short term and you wonder what effect that will have. Yeah, there's uh, another uh, match has fallen victim uh, tonight. Edinburgh City were due to play Falkirk. Falkirk unable to fulfil the fixture. That's a phrase we're becoming uh, shockingly familiar with. So the 3-0 win has been awarded to Edinburgh City. That game tonight, the ones that are going ahead, that Brewer-Ross County game we mentioned, Montrose against Dundee, Livingston against Wraith Rovers and Airdrie against Motherwell. I'm just looking at some uh, quotes here from the Scottish FA. Uh, Ian Maxwell says, uh, the government considering... Uh, a proposal from the Scottish FA to change self-isolation rules for footballers. The SFA wants to end the requirement 
for players to miss training and matches if they're close contacts of someone who has tested positive for coronavirus. Um, I'm just taking this in as I'm reading it as well. Existing rules mean anyone who's been close to a person who has tested positive to, has to self-isolate for 10 days in a bid to curb the spread. This has already obviously had a major impact on clubs. We've been talking about it. Even a game as uh, even one of tonight's games has gone. Um, so managers have expressed concern, managers at the clubs, that the rules could play havoc with the upcoming SPFL season if something isn't done. Uh, here's what Ian Maxwell says. I know the close contact criteria is under review and the Scottish Government's looking at it. That's the driver because any positive case means individuals are required to isolate. So we're in dialogue with the Scottish Government, uh, measures which we can implement, which could maybe mitigate those factors. What do you think, David? Does that sound like a discussion worth having? Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest with you, Rob, until someone actually explains to me how the close contact system works, yeah. um, you might be talking to the, the wrong person for an opinion here. But, I mean, by the very nature of the game, it, if you look at, you know, when a team scores a goal and all the, the players are all over each other, so they're all close contacts of each other. And it, it, I'd love to know how they decide who has been a close contact and how they work out who has been close to an individual who's tested positive. Yeah. You know, because the, the, the Scotland situation where Tiern Kearney, uh, Kieran Tierney was allowed to play for Arsenal on the same weekend that Ryan Christie uh, had to rule himself out of the old firm game. Yeah. Both deemed to be close contacts, but one is playing in England and one is not allowed to play in Scotland. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's a hugely confusing um, situation. Uh, and in fact, let's not, not talk about it anymore. Let's talk instead about uh, Celtic 1, uh, Mitchell and 1, Last night, uh, Ange Postacoglu, of course, was uh, bemoaning the the preparations. But uh, when he was speaking after the match, he was taking a lot of the onus on himself, having previously, of course, earlier on in the week, appeared to be uh, aiming some arrows elsewhere. We'll be better prepared, no doubt, in eight days' time than we... In fact, I don't think we'll ever be as badly prepared, and that's on me, as we were tonight, going into such an important game. So with that eight more days, I feel confident that we've preparation we got and the spirit that's in the rooms will give a good performance. The preparation wasn't good enough, that's for sure. I mean, I watched the, the game against Preston on Saturday and, and it was a bit like a development team that were yeah. playing in that game. That was three days away from uh, what happened last night. So maybe it's a minor miracle what unfolded last night. And it's interesting to hear him taking a bit of it on himself. I wonder, has somebody had a word with him possibly? Because his quotes earlier on, a couple of days beforehand, had seemed to be pointing the finger at others inside Celtic who should have got things organised a whole well, lot quicker. I, I, I like that in him. I, I really like the fact that he had the courage to point the finger at the board and, and accuse him of not getting enough signings in the door yeah. quickly enough. Um, which proves to me that he's not going to be a lackey. He's not going to be a puppet, as in the Ronnie Dyler mould. No. Um, I think he's going to be his own man. Uh, I think he's talked a lot of sense. Now, don't get me wrong, if he loses his first two league games, they'll, <laughs> they'll, want, him, they'll want to string him up. Yeah. But I think he's talked a, a lot of sense. He had to support uh, Vasilis Barkas last night. He, he couldn't hang him out to dry. Goalkeeper, obviously, at fault, but he has... He, you know, a lot of people saying Postacoglu shouldn't have, have, have backed him when he made such an obvious mistake. I don't think he had a choice. Um, but, but he needs help now. He needs help from the, the people who run the club in terms of, of getting players in. And, you know, the, the, the lack of centre-backs at the moment is a, is a real worry. Quality centre-backs, they have to get some, some business done there. 
Do you think that what he was saying there, Davey, is a reaction to maybe somebody having spoken to him on the back of what he said previously, where he was clearly uh, having a little bit of a pop? Uh, I mean, he, he's barely in the door. Others have been there all the way through. Everyone knew these games were coming around yeah. in the middle of July. So there's there's really no excuse for not, not being ready for these games. It can't be on him, but according to him there, he is accepting responsibility for the preparation. Well... I'm not sure. I'm not sure he should shoulder responsibility if if the if the players he he is he is asking the board for, and I've no doubt he's he's given the board a wish list. It's up to the board then to to get the business done, and it's something of a mystery to me how this length of time has passed. I mean, he, he's been here a month now, Postecoglou, um, and you know he he's from a part of the world. He he will be familiar with football in 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 uh, in Japan. The, the lad Furuhashi is, has to come in. I guarantee there'll be one or two others from that part of the world that he wants as well. Oh. And I, I'm not sure what is, is holding the, the Celtic board up here. They have to get the finger out and help this guy. Yeah, because A, as I've already mentioned, these games, we can't feign surprise because these games come around at this time of year every season. Yeah. And also we've been wrestling with the the effects of COVID for a year and a half. So the delays that that has built into the, any system We've known about that for eighteen months. So th- this is this is a this is almost a systemic issue at Celtic now. Last year they they signed six players in the window, in the summer window, only two were ready to play in the Champions League qualifier against Ferns Faris. Yeah, six in, but only two were ready to start that game, and it's the same story every year, and it's the same story at the moment. Celtic now walking a tightrope next week against Midtjylland because they haven't managed to get the quality in the door when it really mattered. And it's, you know, the, how, how this Celtic board not only got away with with the, the collapse last season and their parts in it, but how they're getting away with this uh, again, uh, I've no idea. I mean, the, 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 the Celtic support should be asking questions of the people yeah. who are running the club. You look across the city uh, and you see a Rangers squad that, that is surely going to have to be reduced yep. in size because it's absolutely massive. You, We were talking about central defenders through there. Rangers must have about six or seven yep. of them. A packed midfield, John Lundstrom just recently signed, that apparently they're on the trail of another midfielder as well. I mean, it's it's a, it's a squad that looks too big, but Celtic is at the other end of the scale. Well, it, it's, it's remarkable, um, given that I don't think Rangers are, are flush with money, but, you know, the the... The directors have been unwavering in the support of Steven Gerrard and the Rangers, the young Rangers managers should be eternally grateful for that because across the other side of the city, the board the board are not coming up with uh, similar support to, to Postacoglu. No, that is for sure. Uh, Celtic won, Mitchell had won last night and this was uh, Callum McGregor, the captain, afterwards. I thought, you know, the boys gave everything, um, you know, good chances in the game to, to, to win it. Um, but you know, a little bit disappointing that we never, we never got the the result we wanted. But we're still in the tie, and and like I say, we've got another another leg to do the to do the business. And I think you're a lot more encouraged, Davy, uh, by by the performance than than disappointed that there were chances. I mean, I, I watched some highlights of it afterwards. Um, I I haven't I didn't see the full thing. I didn't see Odson Edwards' big chance when he was one on one with the keeper. Great great chance. Um, but he he doesn't. He doesn't have the same calmness about him at the moment, uh, you know. And for most of last season, previously through in the goalkeeper, you'd you'd have your title deeds on him scoring. Mm. Not so much now. He, he's lost something. I think something mentally. Maybe he's not as assured in in front of goal. And I'll say again, if 
There's a very simple conversation to be had between Postu Coglu and, and Odson Edward. He has to ask the player if he wants to be at Celtic Park. If the player doesn't want to be there, they have to get him out the door. You, you can't have a player who wants who wants out. He's not going to give you everything if, if he wants out of the club and out of the city. So if, if Ed, Edward wants away, take Celtic should take what they can get for him and find a replacement. It sounded like Ryan Christie was, was back to the Ryan Christie yeah. at his best. Uh, is that a player... Um, Putting out, putting on his showreel for well, a, for a move, or is that a player um, who is showing his new manager that he wants to stay? I, I think it's a player who is intending to move. Um, clearly, I think would have signed a new contract by now if he wanted to stay long term. I think he sees his future in England, and you know that was the that was a good stage for him to perform on last night. Um, you know the European arena. He's already proved that he's good enough to play in Europe, but. Um, uh, I, I don't think he'll be short of clubs you know, when he eventually runs his contract down. And are you happy with that, Davey, that, that he delivers that sort of performance last night? Even if it's maybe only a matter of weeks before he's, he's off-ski, he's doing a job for Celtic. Well, Meantime, he's helping them try to win games. I think that tells you about the boy. I think he's a decent type. You know, I, 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 think, I don't think he's the type who could go out onto the pitch and give you anything less than 100%. Uh, I think that's the type of boy he is. Now, not all players are like that. I, I, I think... Olivier and Sham springs to mind as one who has looked for some time as if he, he's going through the motions, as if he wants to be somewhere else. But, you know, the one thing about Christine, particularly last night, um, put in a terrific shift. Uh, it's just a pity that he seems determined to, to leave Celtic. I want to talk about Beaton and Barkas. Uh, let's firstly hear from uh, Stephen Welsh talking after the game, uh, the 21-year-old. Uh, who became the elder statesman of the central defence after Beaton was sent off. I feel a bit hard done by, especially with the, the performance that we put in. We created a lot of chances, we looked really dangerous. So we could have been you know, a couple of goals up before they even scored, but uh, at this level, that's the way it goes. You need to be concentrated for full 90 minutes and uh, obviously you've got a price to pay for that. Neil Beaton has issued a, an apology today and well he might and presumably he would have issued one uh, at very close quarters to his teammates in the dressing room at the end, particularly Stephen Welsh um, who, I mean he let everyone down badly with a moment of total madness, Davey. But totally out of character as well, you'd have to say. I mean yeah. he's one of the calmest, coolest heads on a football pitch. You know, when you look at him, his demeanour. Yeah. He's, he's not the type to, to lose his temper and it was just so out of character. I mean, he, he would... From the minute the referee moved his hand towards his pocket, Beaton would realise the folly of, of what he had done. And it's not as if he's a, an 18 or 19-year-old who could be forgiven for, for losing, losing his head. He's an experienced Champions League player, international player, and th th there was no excuse for it. I know you talk about his calm demeanour on the pitch and I, and I get where you're coming from, but he was sent off and he made a really bad decision in an old firm game last season and got himself sent off. That that was a game changer, uh, not in Celtic's benefit as well, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean, that, that was that was making a challenge. Mm. That, you know, but, which is totally different, I think, from reacting, yeah. you know, to, to a player diving. Um, that, you know, that was that was making a... And, it, you know, he's got the choice. Does he, does he bring the forward down or does he let him go through and have a shot? Uh, I could I could forgive him the one in the old firm game. Um, couldn't forgive him that one last night. That was stupidity. Yeah, from the moment he he put his finger against the the, the Michelin player's head, uh, there was no not much doubt how that that one was going to end. Uh, Beaton sent off, um, and he sold his team 
uh, down the river um, in that moment. What about Vasilis Barkas? Um, watched him. He played half of the game on Saturday against Preston. He made a couple of decent saves in that game. Um, spoke to Ange Postacoglu afterwards uh, and he spoke about him um, dominating his penalty area. He had presence. Uh, he spoke very positively about him as a goalkeeper. But last night, what about the goal? Well, yeah, clearly at fault. He appeared to move his hands out of the way of the ball. Mm. Um, and he, he doesn't make big saves. And I'm, I'm not, I, I don't have an axe to grind against uh, Barkas because at the time I, I suggested they should have gone to, uh, for David Marshall, who was on a free at Wigan. Craig Gordon, I'm, I'm sure that a deal could have been done with Craig Gordon. Um, so I've, I've got nothing against Barkas, but I think we have seen enough of him by now to know that he's not up to it. And by that, uh, I mean he, he's not a Champions League quality player. And why Celtic? Love to know who scouted him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the idea that, that Celtic should be paying five million for him is, is just bonkers. I saw a site on Twitter today that's called uh, When is Barkas going to make a save? Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of the a lot of the Celtic fans ask that very question. Um, he hasn't really made a significant save. I think he's played maybe 23 times now for, for Celtic. Um, and that could be really, in the final analysis, in this tie, that, that could be really... Costly, and I can understand why Ange Postecoglou isn't going to throw him under a bus after the game. Yeah. He, he's going to he's going to speak up for him. He's going to support him. But behind the scenes, Celtic have to get a top goalkeeper, and and I think that that feeling is heightened because there's been rumour in the air over the last week or so about Fraser Forster again. Yeah, um, that the the Forster deal would come down to how much of his wages. He's I think think he's reported to be on a hundred and. £30,000 a week mm. um, I, I don't see Celtic paying half of that they might pay some of it I don't think we're stretched to half so it might come down to how much he wants to he wants to make the move well, and, and get back playing I mean uppermost in most footballers minds Rob is money yeah. uh, and wages and Forster's not going to take a drop so it would be up to the two clubs to try and come to an arrangement in terms of what proportion of his wages you know, do, do Celtic pay but if it's not him, Celtic need to yeah. get a, a top-line goalkeeper, don't they? they? They don't have to look too far to see what a top goalkeeper uh, can has done for Rangers. Buy Craig Gordon from Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're laughing. But um, yeah, that would be kind of crazy. Put, but, put uh, your hands up. Admit yeah. you made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was costly last night uh, as that uh, shot flashed. Past Vasilis Barkas and in for 1-1. But if uh, Celtic can uh, produce that sort of performance, you would imagine, in Denmark next Wednesday, then they could be looking at that next Champions League qualifying round. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. With Rob McLean and Davey Proven on a Wednesday night. Uh, 9,000 at Celtic Park last night watching Celtic 1, Mitchell and 1 in the Champions League qualifiers. Uh, Celtic will have 18,500 in the ground on Saturday for their friendly against West Ham and uh, hoping to have somewhere around 25,000 at Celtic Park for their first league game of the season at home. That's against Dundee on the 7th of August. That's about, that's two weeks away, isn't it? Uh, Rangers, meantime, uh, they're planning to have uh, 17,000 at their opening Premiership game. That's against Livingston on the 31st of 
July. But last night, uh, Leal Abada on the mark, the young Israeli, on his first start for Celtic, his competitive debut, he scored his first goal in a one-all draw with Mitchell and Celtic were led out by the new skipper. Absolutely amazing. Um, you know, what an honour to, to run out with the armband. Um, uh, 9,000 fans back in. They made a hell of a noise. Um, backed the team unbelievably. Um, you know, we're just, we're just a little bit disappointed that we couldn't get the win. But I thought everyone deserved it. But, you know, a, a good starting point for us because, you know, the, the boys gave everything. There was enough quality there. We controlled the game. So, you know, we take that into next week and, and finish the job. And watching him lead Celtic to that one-all draw last night, uh, he wasn't the only one. There were about 8,999 others, I think. But <laughs> Stefan was there. Hi, Stefan. Hi, Rob. How you doing? You, you joined us last night and you really did get across that feeling of excitement uh, about going to the game. And I don't imagine you were disappointed with what you saw. Or maybe you were. No, I, I don't think I was disappointed. I, I came out of the ground feeling like it was an opportunity missed because I thought Celtic played incredibly well. They they, they played well above my, my expectations because, you know, it was Ange Postecoglou's first competitive start. I was thinking, I, I don't know where Celtic will be at. I, I never managed to catch any of the pre-season. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised with what I saw. And I think it was clear that, you know, what Ange was trying to do uh, with the team and the way he was getting the tactics out. But it was clear to see what he was trying. Um, and hopefully with getting a good more couple of bodies in for him, um, you know, we'll be able to, to work that system into to the way he wants it and, and we can be the team that he wants us to be. Um, as for the game, I thought Celtic controlled it. I think Callum McGregor hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, with what he said, you know, we controlled the game really well. And, you know, bar the, the brainless, uh, beast on, you know, <laughs> Celtic, Celtic were great. So, um, a lot of positivity. I said last night on the show, if Celtic can stay in the tie and then go over to, to Denmark, you know, I'll be pleased. So, yeah, listen, absolutely delighted. I think Celtic can go to, to Denmark next week and I think Celtic can can progress. So, yeah, it was it was good to be back and it was it was good to see Celtic playing some some attractive football. Five hundred days since you were last there. Um, so, so just complete the story for us because when we spoke to you last night, obviously you were on the way to the game. So, just tell me about the whole experience of of going back in, taking your seat, um, and doing something that you hadn't done for so long. It, it was sort of surreal, you know, because I, I think when I when I got balloted, I'd been sort of playing up in my mind how sort of big the the occasion was, and. It almost felt like it was that, that first day all over again of, of going to the football for the first time. So you're just walking into the stadium, you know, there, there was a, I can't explain it, there was like a smell in the air that, that just hadn't been there for, for 500 days for me. Um, and, you know, I, I was in a different seat to what I'm used to, but even the the walk up the stair to, to my seat, it was just, as tiring as it was being up in the upper stand, um, it, it was great. And you know, just as you step out through the doors and, and see Celtic Park, it was just, it was just that feeling I got from when I when I first went to the game as a wee guy. It was just, it was just brilliant. Um, you know, people were socially distanced. Uh, it, it was good. It was a, it was weird, but it, it was it was weird in a good way. And a good noise at times. Yeah, there was a lot of atmosphere. I I, I was saying to my mates before the game, I was like. You know, it's good to have fans back, but it's not going to be the rocking Celtic Park atmosphere that you normally expect. But I was again, you know, surprised with with the atmosphere. You know, there's a lot, a lot of noise was made, and um, it was good. And I think that that's what helped. That's what you know helped Celtic drive on a bit. Is 
is the noise because they were without it last season. I'm not for a second trying to say that because fans weren't there last season that Celtic didn't play well. You know, I think we all know the reasons why Celtic didn't play well. It wasn't because the fans were there, but it was just it, it was good to have supporters back in the ground making noise and, and driving the team forward. So no, it was it was a great great experience. I'm I'm just hoping and praying I get balloted again for Saturday for the <laughs> eighteen thousand. Yeah, I mean. Let, let, let me tell you, uh, Stefan, you know, getting the crowd back into the ground, albeit just 9,000, would mean the world to the Celtic players last night. Players get enormous energy off the crowd. They feed off the crowd. And although it was only 9,000, you know, that's a start. You know, ho- hopefully mm. we'll, we'll, we'll see the stadium full very shortly because the lift that it gives footballers, you know, playing in front of a crowd, you, yeah. you would never believe. Footballers don't want to play in front of empty seats. And hopefully it's going to change very quickly now. And hopefully fans are, are going to be more appreciated uh, because of this as well. Because, right, be, Rob, yeah. because, because of what they bring. And 9,000 last night, about double that number. Uh, Stefan's hoping he he's get, gets balloted for that one as well. And then and then Stefan, uh, Celtic hoping for 25,000 uh, against Dundee on the 7th of August. Yeah, um, I, you know, I think this is where we sort of realise that it's a massive turning point now. Um, you know, with, with COVID and everything that we are talking about, having 25,000 fans at, at football grounds, you know, it's not something I think any of us really expected. Um, but I'm just hoping that we're not too far away from that August 9th deadline where Dr Jason Leach said that, you know, full capacity crowds in Scotland could could be a thing. So I, I'm just buzzing to be there last night, hopefully going on Saturday, but hopefully not too long before. We don't need any of this ballot rubbish and we can just go week in, week out as, as we used to. You were you described them as brainless beat on. This is what the manager uh, said about him afterwards last night. No, I think as I said, he's uh, it already been booked. So when you're already booked, you got to be really careful. And uh, I didn't have a great deal of it, but obviously it gives the referee the opportunity if there's another infringement to, to pull out another yellow card. It was just the timing as well, Stefan, wasn't it? Just after Celtic had scored, and of course, one of the 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 results of of his red card was that his fellow countryman who had just scored that goal uh, was sacrificed. And, and I guess at that stage, you were pretty excited, what having watched him scored, uh, think wondering mm. what else he would contribute in the game. I, I hate to be someone that that reacts to something in the moment and, and have that emotion behind it and I think I tweeted something at half time saying that, that Beaton had robbed uh, a badass of his moment because it's not every day that you sign for a club you start your first competitive game and grab a goal and you know what a moment and what a goal it was um, you know for him it was composed it was a composed finish and um, I'm just sad that, that you know, we've seen flashes of, of what, he, what he could do he could take a man on he, you know he can whip a ball in I just, I just hope, you know, that that sort of compassion that that Beaton's red card a little bit ultimately curbed Celtic's momentum because Celtic was real control of the game at that point. You're thinking, right, we've got one. Let's go and get another two or three because we we were we were looking that good. But you know, just that that moment of madness from Beaton, you know, it's really annoying. I came on yesterday, Rob, and we were talking about Beaton. And I was saying. How the experience of Beaton is a good thing. But yeah. it, just, it depends what Beaton shows up, and I wish I hadn't said anything <laughs> because I feel like I've almost jinxed it by saying he can either be a liability yeah. or an asset. And just like he was at Ibrox in January, you know, a complete liability. Let's head go. Um, you know, once he said that was a goal kick, he should have ultimately just got away from the guy, thinking, "Well, you're the one that died. 
there's no penalty given, let's just play on, but he stuck his finger in his face and yeah. shoved him yeah. needless yeah. and utterly brainless. Few people are better qualified to talk about Abada than the, the former Celtic winger who is with me in the studio, Davey. What what did you think of him? Look, looked really lively, looked really promising, yeah. Yeah, I can see why Celtic have shelled out for him. Um, very impressive debut, just a shame that he was sacrificed. But, you know, Celtic's lack of width last season was one of the reasons that they were so poor. You know, the absence of James Forrest, obviously, and it's good that Abada... Youngster will will put pressure on James Forrest. I think James Forrest needs pressure on him to to perform. Yeah. What about uh, that Barkas moment? Uh, how did you, what sort of view did whereabouts were you in the ground? What sort of angle did you have on that, Stefan? So I was right up behind the goals. I was up in the upper tier. Uh, tell you what, just as a if I get ballasted next time, hope I never get that seat again because <laughs> that mounting the stairs up there was was quite a task. You're but, getting choosy um, now, but what seat you're in? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Um, Barkas, I'm a big fan of Barkas. I, I think people will say that I, I was very much on the Barkas bus. And I think I was saying that this season, I think he can go on and show people what he's capable of. But that last night was, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I wasn't impressed with it. Um, I've seen a thread on Twitter earlier saying about how, you know, Welsh should maybe have done better. I, I don't know. I think that, I think the goalkeeper has to ultimately take some responsibility because um, he, he's not, it's time it's still he's not covering himself in a lot of glory and, and that goal last night it's frustrating more than anything but you know just hopefully Celtic can go on and, and do something something next week because the last thing we need is now having players that are, are noted for, for error because I think it'll da- it'll, I think it'll damage his confidence a wee bit but yeah not great for him for what it's worth, Stefan, I don't think Barkas is good enough and I think Celtic have to go and get another goalkeeper. I know they paid £5 million for him, but they have to mm. go and get a proper goalkeeper. Let, let me ask you about odds on Edward, right? If you're yep. Ange Postacoglu, what do you do with Edward? Do, do, do you sell I him? I think it's a hard one because I, I thought him, I thought he played really, really good last night. He had chances, which, which was good, and normally odds on Edward would have slotted them away, but I, I, I still... I think that Edouard will go this window, so I think Ange Postecoglou will sell him. Um, but it just depends if, if someone comes in, because I think it's a, a buyer's market now. You know, I think odds and Edward might want to leave Celtic. Whether whether or not Celtic will want to, to sell him, I, I don't know. I personally, I, I don't want to see him go because I think he is probably Celtic's best player. You know, he's a, he's a proven goal scorer, but it is a, a question for Ange because. He, Expect Hudson Edward to score the chances that he, that he, that he had, and, and you know, uh, it's, it's a hard one. Um, I think the manager will obviously want more from him, but I think as long as he's at the club, he has to still play. He is far enough above the, the best striker at the club. Is there a balance, Davy, to be drawn here between um, what number they're going to get for him in the way of, a, of an offer versus? in their current depleted state, what he's going to deliver for them uh, in a really important season. I think you, you can forget the numbers that we were talking about 18 months yeah. ago, Rob. You know that? You, you can forget about these numbers. And the, the market will tell Celtic what Edward is worth now. And that, that's just a fact. That's a harsh fact now that they won't get as much for him. But if his head is not right, and clearly it wasn't right last season, I think you have to get rid and get a replacement and somebody who's hungry. And I'll, I'll tell you what I'd like to ask Stefan, who was at the ground. I watched the game in the telly. But the, the reaction to Lee Griffith's name coming over the tannoy, uh, Stefan, certainly reading this morning that some yeah. of the crowd heckled the, the 
the name, Lee Griffith's name when it was mm. announced? I mean, I'd, I'm trying to think if I, if I even heard that. I know there's been stories circulating about Lee Griffiths um, and, and everything like that. I, I think that the best thing I'm, I'm going to say is people people are entitled to, to their, their view. Um, if, if they want to boo them, I'm not going to sit and tell someone that they can't. The, the stories that have come out about them, they, they don't make for a great reason. I, I, I've not read too much into it, but... It, it, it's not looked good um, from from what I have seen, and as much as I don't want you know fans to be booing their own players, it's one of those scenarios where it's it, it's quite it's quite a it's quite an awkward one with the, the situation that that he's found them himself in, and you know that that fans are, are kind of seeing them, you know that what what's going on. It, it's a bit of a tough one, so I'd. <laughs> don't know who you want to say any more No, no, we have to be careful with, with what we say. Um, and of course, it came just after Celtic had decided Ange Postecoglou was involved in that decision-making process to 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 give Lee Griffiths that extra year, uh, Davey. But I mean, that, that's it's going to be a, a sizable chunk on the wage bill, isn't it, if you don't think he's going to deliver over the next 12 months? I think they had to had to give him an extension, Rob. You know, given that Clamalla's gone, Edward may go, I think they had to keep Griffiths. I'm not saying he deserved an extension, but they had to keep him. And Just on know, the basis of numbers? Yeah, on the basis of numbers. Also on the basis that if Postacoglu, and this will come down to his man management, if he can get Griffiths back to something resembling the striker he was, then it will be a terrific decision to have to have kept him. Because he can remains I, a I, natural finisher. Yeah. Can, can I just say something on Lee Griffiths? Um, you know, I, I think as a player that he was five, six years ago, you know, very early in his Celtic career, especially under Ronnie Dyer, he was a goal-scoring machine. Um, but I've not seen enough of Lee Griffiths um, in the past four or five years since that 40 old season to say that Lee Griffiths merits a contract at Celtic because... I think coming back into the most important season in the club's history last season and not being fit enough, I think that's a slap in the face to supporters. It really annoyed me because I was I was thinking during lockdown, yeah, I think you'd ample time to, to get yourself fit for, for the, as I say, the biggest season in the club's history. And him not doing that felt almost as if it was like a non-commitment to Celtic. Uh, you know, players like Kamala hadn't had the best chance at Celtic but at least they came back through lockdown working hard making sure that they were fitter and, and stronger for me Lee Griffiths didn't do that he's either too injury prone or he, he just doesn't doesn't do the, the hard work and it is a frustrating because he is a good player but in 2021 I, I don't think he, he should be a Celtic footballer uh, based on the fact that I don't think he's, he's not great I don't think he's good enough to be honest Stefan next Wednesday how's it going to go in Denmark? Um, obviously always the optimistic there's no away goal rule which I'm quite thankful for now um, <laughs> that that goal last night hasn't you know put Celtic at a disadvantage so what I'm just going to say I think Celtic are more than, than good enough to go over there and get something so I'm going to put my hat on a 2-0 win 2-0 that would do nicely uh, good to have you on the show uh, you're becoming a bit of a regular uh, nice to talk to you and glad you enjoyed yourself so much last night you too thank you Rob Pleasure. all the best Cheers, cheers. Bye-bye. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. With Davey Proven and Rob McLean uh, tonight for the next 15 minutes off at uh, six. 
uh, for a little bit longer before we revert to the, the full thing, the full unexpurgated uh, two-hour version of the Go Radio Football Show. Uh, League Cup ties tonight. Well, there are four of them meant to be five. Broader Rangers against Ross County. County getting back in action after uh, a false start to the season for them. Montrose against Dundee tonight. Livingston against Wraith Rovers. Airdrie play Motherwell. Uh, the Edinburgh City uh, game against Falkirk is off. Falkirk uh, unable to fulfil the fixture and a 3-0 win awarded to Edinburgh City. Often running in European football, of course, as well. As of last night, Celtic won. Michelin won. If Celtic can get through that one, they will play PSV or Galatasaray in the third qualifying round. The losers of that uh, PSV uh, Galatasaray game will play St. Johnston, the Scottish Cup winners, in the Europa League third qualifying round. Hope you're following all this. Uh, if Celtic <laughs> lose to Michelin, uh, they will play the Czech team Jablonets in the Europa League third qualifying round let's hope uh, that it is the former for them rather than the latter uh, two weeks away from Rangers in European action they'll play Malmo or HJK Helsinki 3rd of August is the away game uh, 10th of August at Ibrox that's the Champions League third qualifying round and tomorrow night much closer at hand Hibs and Aberdeen both in European action Hibs play Santa Coloma of Andorra um, at Easter Road, second qualifying round that leads to the European Conference League. Davy, you're glazing over at this. <laughs> if uh, they win, they play the Croatian team Rijeka. Aberdeen know all about them. Or the Maltese team Gazira United. Uh, Rijeka currently third in the Croatian League, incidentally. Aberdeen face the Swedish team BK Hecken uh, tomorrow night at Petodri. Five and a half thousand there for that one. Decent crowd at Easter Road as well. If Aberdeen win, uh, they will play Austria, Vienna, or Breda Bleak of Iceland. And it would be nice to think that uh, Celtic, having maybe pleasantly surprised us with their performance last night against all the odds, the Hibs and Aberdeen uh, can deliver yeah. a, as well tomorrow. Uh, Aberdeen's a really interesting one for me because I, I don't think for a minute that Dave Cormack would have given Derek McInnes the support in the transfer market he is giving currently to Stephen Glass. Um you know, Derek McInnes was usually watching his best players go out the door at this time of yeah. the year. Um, different ball game now with, with Stephen Glass. You know, Scott Brown comes in, Declan Gallagher, J. Emmanuel Thomas, really interesting one, Christian Ramirez. How's yeah. he going to do? Ryan Hedges is back. That'll be like a new signing. And it'll be really interesting, I think, to see how Aberdeen do this season because Dave Cormack, not exactly my cup of tea, but he, he really has pushed the boat out for, for Stephen Glass. The Scott Brown factor is a massive one, isn't it? Yeah. What sort of fire does he still have in his belly? Well, absolutely huge. I mean, I, the Aberdeen, Aberdeen for me ha, have lacked something in their dressing room for, for too long. Um, too many faint hearts in that dressing room. And Scott Brown won't tolerate that. He just won't tolerate, you know, players who are comfortable with losing and I think Aberdeen had become comfortable for too long in losing the big games particularly against the, the, the Glasgow's big two Scott Brown won't tolerate that um, and I can imagine him having one or two up against the wall if <laughs> if they don't yeah. They don't change their act, if you like. Yeah, a bit of a change in the captaincy from Joe Lewis to, to Scott Brown. Yeah. Joe Lewis remains the club captain, but but Scott Brown will be in charge on the pitch. And I think we just know the impact he has. And and I think, I, I just wonder whether he's going to uh, revitalise someone like Lewis Ferguson, uh, who's maybe plateaued a little 
in his career at Aberdeen made a big impact very very quickly he's still a young player there's been lots of talk about a transfer maybe that's got inside his head a little bit and it might still happen meantime he's still there and alongside Scott Brown that could have a big influence on him couldn't it? It would be a terrific influence on him I have to say Rob I think think Aberdeen will sell Lewis Ferguson before the the window closes Um, I don't think there's any doubt I mean I would imagine that the interest, it was Watford who were certainly one of the clubs who were interested in taking him south. Now, that's a life changer. Mm. That is a total life changer when you, you know, when you go to a club like that, who are going to pay you 40, 50, 60 grand a week. Um, and his head, I imagine, would have been turned by now. And I, I think it would make sense for Aberdeen. Terrific young player though he is, and still to... to Still to fulfil his his potential, but I'd be surprised if he's if he's an Aberdeen player by Christmas. It's going to be so tempting, isn't it, for Aberdeen to want to to get that sort of money in and stabilise them yeah. financially? All clubs are uh, are in a bit of a mess at the moment, uh, and and they all need that that sort of income. They they sold Sam Cosgrove, they sold Scott McKenna right at the start of last season. They needed that money uh, just to balance things up, and 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 you, I think you're probably right. I think they might well need the Lewis Ferguson cash. Uh, to just give them a further little bit of financial support. What Hibbs did, of course, uh, midway through last season was resist overtures yeah. towards both uh, Kevin Nisbet that's why they and, third. You could and, argue and that's Ryan. why they finished third. Ab- absolutely. You? Fair play to Ron Gordon, the, the owner, who, who stuck fast. He, he said no. He must have been re- really tempted yeah. to, to have said yes. He said no. And, and he got his reward, didn't he, uh, in, in, in Hibbs' finishing yeah. place? I mean, they, they, sure, they lost the Scottish Cup final, but it, I think you could still say it was a successful season for Hibbs finishing above Aberdeen. And, you know, Aberdeen's willingness to, to sell Cosgrove while, while Hibbs held on to, to Portis and Nisbet, were, they were the deciding factors. Um, interestingly, Jack Ross has signed a, a two-year uh, extension to his contract. And I think it's a good time to, to be a Hibs supporter. You know, I think at last they have a, a manager who looks as if he'll go the distance with, with the club. Um, again, though, you know, if they get an offer, another offer now for, for Portis or Nisbet or uh, Doidge or one of these guys mm. it would make sense wouldn't it to, to, to let one go to, to take the money in um, because you know if you're looking at it and crowds still not coming back clubs are still losing money bills still have to be paid wages have to be paid so clubs are going to have to sell players Will Hibbs and Aberdeen maybe St Johnston as well to name another club be looking at the Celtic situation at the moment as they get themselves very slowly together uh, and think can we maybe get a little bit closer to that second place? Uh, I, I I don't see. I just think the budgets are, are on different planets, uh, if you like. The, you know, the, the Glasgow two are just so far ahead in terms of the wages they can pay. Um, I also think the mentality in the, the the dressing room of the of the old firm is is different. You know, I, I think too often clubs like Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen are delighted to to beat the old firm now and again, but don't really believe they can go the distance um, and. You only have to look at the the league tables for the last nine, ten years mm. to to see the evidence of that. You know, even Ronnie Dyla was able to to win the the league by what was it twenty eight, thirty points. Yeah. So th- there has been a, and I think it would be terrific for the league if Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts were beating the old firm more regularly. It would give us a far better league. 
Rangers against Malmo or HK, HJK Helsinki in the third qualifying round uh, that leads uh, Rangers will hope to the to the riches of the Champions League so they've got a couple of hurdles to get across to yeah. get into the group um, of course in a year's time the, the, the league winners will go straight into the, the Champions League group does that seem like a winnable tie to you Davy Malmo Helsinki yeah, absolutely I mean I, I think it I think it could be described as tricky it's, it's not a given but Rangers should have enough and this is what it's about for Stephen Gerrard you know he, he spent his career at this level Champions League level and I, I'm sure he'll have been thinking about this for a long, long time. Did brilliantly in the Europa League with Rangers, great record in Europe, but this is where he wants to test himself. Um, it'd be intriguing to see just how far he can take them. Is this much more important to him than, a, a, than the title defence, in, in a way? I, I think so. I mean, I, I think clubs of the size of, of Celtic and Rangers, the, the only place for them to measure themselves is in the European arena. Uh, that, that's why I was, I was never really sold on the 10 in a row thing. Um, it, it's about it's about making yourself credible in Europe, and and Gerard is, is certainly you know improving Rangers in, in terms of their European reputation. We spoke about it earlier on. It's some squad. I mean, is that a squad that that really needs to be reduced because you ain't going to keep all these players happy? But I'll tell you what. You know, even if one or two go, I, th I think it makes sense to get the replacements in now, and then you can decide who's going. Mm. You know, rather than end up chasing your tail. Um, you'd, you'd prefer to be in that position so. than the Celtic position at the moment I, I, I think so because there's an element of desperation about Celtic having to get players in now and that's when you usually end up paying over the odds and maybe buying a player who you haven't really scouted properly you know in, in terms of recruitment Rangers have, have done so well Here's Ange Postecoglou speaking on the back of last night's game about the disruptions uh, to Celtic getting themselves sorted out. We've had so many sort of disruptions in pre-season for a number of reasons and uh, we literally had one training session with this group of players and, and for them to put in the effort they did tonight, uh, there was quite a number who probably weren't ready for 90 minutes but they found something extra. I think it was a bit of a surprise, uh, wasn't it, that Celtic were able uh, to produce the quality they did last night. When you hear yeah. about the, the fact that he, he only had one session with, the, with yeah. the guys that were involved in that game, it's been pretty much flung together, hasn't it, for Celtic? I, I think the Celtic supporters would have been pleasantly surprised at how well the team played. Um, and they, they'll obviously be hoping that the, the, the club you know, can get four or five players in um, over the next week or so. Um, sounds difficult, but... It, it's not that difficult if you throw the right money at it. Um, the, the little bit of concern for me, and I, I read all his comments after the game, I think he's a clever guy, but he did say that he was fielding a lot of ha half uh, glass, half-empty questions. Uh, maybe a little bit mm. too much negativity he was been asked. Right. Well, welcome to Glasgow, Ange, yeah. because... Um, better get used to it. Well, exactly. Ah. Particularly if you lose a couple of games in a row, you'd better get used to it, yeah. Yeah, we saw some pictures uh, of last night of Carl Starfeld uh, watching the game in what looked to be a hotel room, looked to be a quarantine situation. Uh, so presumably uh, he's not too far away from, yeah. from joining up. And that's going to be great, but... Do Celtic not need another centre-back as well, even with Julian coming back sooner or yeah, later? Yeah, I mean, if you look at how strong Rangers are at centre-back, where they can they can pick two from four. And I think that, that ideally that's the situation you want with your, your centre-backs and your strikers. And, and Celtic are, are short. Um, Julian coming back, and he must, be, he must be pretty near it now, surely. Mm. He's been out for such a lengthy period of time. Starfelt, Swedish international, obviously proper player. 
Uh, and that's the type of quality that, that Celtic have to go and get now. How many more players do you think Celtic need when you look at that squad at the moment? Well, it, it much will depend on who goes out, Rob, because, mm. you know, if, if Edward goes and Christie goes... Um, but even the back four, where Greg Taylor's your, your only left-back, Tony Ralston's your, your right-back, yeah. you're, you're, you're bringing on an 18-year-old. You look terrific, I thought, Dane Murray, but, yeah. but you're putting an 18-year-old into the middle of your defence. Yeah, I mean, it's, the, the, these are uh, desperate times for, for Celtic. And, you know... A lot of people tell me I'm too critical of the, the Celtic board, but I just cannot believe that so many clever men, and there are a lot of clever men on that board, have made such a spectacular mess of that football club over the last 14, 15 months. You know, from a position of, of absolute supremacy with loads of money in the bank, they, they've allowed that, that dressing room to implode. And they now find themselves in, in a situation that, that no, no head coach wants to be in, running about, you know, trying to sign players out of desperation rather than being able to scout them properly, check their character uh, and be and be pretty sure you're, you're getting value for money. David, good to see you. Good to have you on the Cheers, show Rob. as ever. Joe Hendry is here tomorrow night and Craig Moore alongside our Live at Five. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.